When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. All right, joining us now is Steve Verderosa, former Giant scout forever and a day. And uh, still, even though he's retired, uh, still taps his toe in the water, doing his own research, getting his own film, and ready to break down a number of the positions as we get closer to the NFL draft. So, Steve, first and foremost, welcome in. Let's start with the quarterbacks uh, because as we get closer and closer, I know, I know, because I played quarterback. No, uh, because I, I just, it's interesting because I feel like each and every year as we get closer and closer, of course, to the draft, which is the final week in April, um, you know, we're, we're like quarterbacks get so much buzz and they start moving up the board. And now we're hearing that there's a chance that. You know, Willis can go in the top three. I'm hearing that the Seattle Seahawks are looking to try to trade with the Giants to move up and get a quarterback. Who might that be? A lot of people are anticipating that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to get a quarterback. So there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of buzz. But regardless, we don't want to sit here and, you know, uh, tap into, uh, you know, what what we think is going to happen in regards to the draft. We want to break down these quarterbacks, right? And nobody does it better than you. So let's start. Let's start first and foremost with the guy that's getting the most buzz, and that's uh, that's Malik Willis from Liberty, right? Uh, Auburn transfer goes to Liberty. Uh, in Auburn, played behind Jared Stidham. Didn't like to 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 sit behind him, and and a few other guys went to Liberty. I, I know that you use a phrase that we hear a lot, and that's subpar comp. But nonetheless, break down Willis for you. What do you like? What don't you like? And where do you think he realistically should go in the draft? Doesn't mean that's where he's going to go, but where you think he should go, right? Correct. Listen, almost almost identical to last year where Trey Lance, all the talk of Trey Lance, and, and ultimately went as the third pick in the draft, and it's proved that he, he wasn't ready. You're going to take a guy the third pick in the draft and you're not going to play him. Um there's a lot of similarities with this young man. A little different body type, not as big, not as long, uh, but like him, very athletic, can move, can run, and has a very strong arm. So in the new wave of the NH- uh, NFL with uh, active running quarterbacks, he fits right in in that mode. What I don't like about him is uh, not only just the style of offense that they played, but his production. When, when this young man played against the best competition this past year, he imploded. They played – I watched four games. They played University of Mississippi, which was the highest ranked and the best team that they played. He really struggled that night. They played Louisiana Lafayette, which is a very good football team the last four or five years. He really struggled in that game. And Louisiana Monroe was another game. They, they were a much better club this year, and Army – None of those games, if you watch that tape, can you say, wow, i got to have this guy. He's a franchise quarterback. Again, the athletic stuff you really like, but the play selection, some of the the, uh, throws and the accuracy or lack of accuracy on some of those throws really bother you. And multiple games throwing three interceptions. 
um, this past season, his his stat line. I mean, pe- people are big on stats. I mean, his career: forty-seven TDs, eighteen interceptions. All right, a little over two to one. His rushing stats: he he had a nice did a nice job this past year, almost nine hundred yards and thirteen TDs. But there's other guys that we're going to talk about that are are the equal to those and better. So um, love his athleticism, love his arm strength. Wish he was taller, but he's not. He is what he is. Um, but ball placement, uh, accuracy, uh, playing against the betters competition, uh, he kind of left me cold in those areas. To me, I, I think if you had a chance to get a guy like this in the second round, you sit him behind your starting quarterback and you groom him for a couple of years, that'd be great. But that's the old NFL. That's not today's NFL. So for me, um, I'd ha- I had a hard time putting a first-round grade on the tape that I watched. Obviously, I never saw him live, uh, didn't see him practice, didn't be around him to um, really get the whole picture. Mine is strictly a tape evaluation, and that is only part of the picture. Um, so that, that's, my, that's my take on, on Malik Willis from Liberty University. Um, you know, you, you say something very interesting, and that is, you know, you draft him to try to groom him. And in that case, uh, it's it's really important that folks know if you do draft a quarterback in the first round, you get an extra year in regard to their rookie deal. Yeah. Um, so that could be, you know, an advantage. But uh, to take him as high Absolutely. as, to take him as high as what's being commu- what's being reported, the potential that he could go top three, top five to me, is just absolutely ridiculous, very similar to the conversations you and I had about Trey Lance last year. But nonetheless, folks need to keep that in mind. Another quarterback that uh, a number of people are high on, some are expecting him to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why? Because he played at University of Pittsburgh. Uh, and that is Kenny Pickett. Um, break him down for us. Well, Kenny Pickett is really an interesting guy because he, he has a lot of the similarities that Mac Jones of last year that went to New England in that he has uh, – He's probably the most ready to play, uh, or there might be another guy that I'm going to talk about that I think is equally as ready. But all I've been hearing about is, you know, Kenny Pickett, he's a four-year starter. He's put up a lot of numbers. He's, he's battle-tested, and all those things are true. Uh, I, I like the way he, he runs a football team. I like the way he interacts with his teammates. I saw him as a young puppy a couple of years ago. 2019 season when I was on campus there and and just on the practice field because they were talking about him then you know this kid here he's a leader uh he's genuine all those things that you that you need to have at that position that guy walks into the locker room you know he's got to be like EF Hutton when he talks everybody listens um those are the things about Kenny Pickett I really like I just think that his physical talent of the guys that we're going to talk about today is is the lowest of the four uh, he's not that big. He's he's got a good enough arm, but he does not have a rocket launcher uh, to make all those throws or the the um, off target throw. When I say off target, I mean off platform throws. Guys running around the the Mahomes throws, the guy the electric throws that everybody wants every one of these guys to make. Uh, I don't see that. Um, he does have improvisational skills, more like a Drew Brees. Not the great big athlete with the big arm, but a guy who knows how to improvise and sees the football field and knows the situation. Those things, some guys, you can't 
say that's hard to teach. Some guys never learn that. So for me, um, those are the pluses about Kenny Pickett that I like. He's been durable. He's played a lot of football. Uh, he knows how to run a club. Um, but, you know, is, is he going to be your long-term answer and the guy that's going to take you to the promised land? Um, you know, I'd have a hard time taking Kenny in the first round myself. There's a lot of love out there for Sam Howell right now from, from UNC. Um, a lot of people feel that, that he potentially could be, let's say, in the next you know, three to five years, and, and that's really when we do um, you know, once a draft happens, you have to, you have to, you know, let, let the, the, the few years pan out to see really if you did make the right choice or not. But a lot of people feel that, uh, that the ceiling for Sam Howe could be higher than most. What are your thoughts on him coming out of UNC? Well, I, I had the opportunity to see Sam up close live for quite a while, living here in North Carolina and seeing him as a younger player. But this past fall, uh, I was a guest on campus and had an opportunity to really get do an in-depth study on this kid. This guy is really a good player. Um, now, his three-year numbers, this guy threw for over 10,000 yards in three years, 92 TDs with 23 interceptions. This past year, they changed their offense because they lost a lot of offensive firepower around him. So um, they did a lot of design quarterback runs. So his rushing stats are almost identical to Malik Willis that everybody is drooling over, uh, 828 yards with 11 TDs. But the thing for me with Sam is his body build. He, he's got a running back body. He's a, a little over 6'1". He's over 220 pounds. And this guy is as tough as a $2 steak, man. I tell you what, he, he, <laughs> he, his, his running ability – I mean, he's tough to tackle. I, I was at the, the uh, NC State Pro Day last week, and I was talking to Dave Doran, their head coach, and, and he just was drooling over this kid. He said, man, he said, I talked to our players. He said, they, to a man they're on their defense, they said, Sam Howe was the toughest guy to tackle that they've ever went against. This guy, He doesn't know how to go down, which he's going to have to learn how to do at the next level. Uh, I, I mean, he runs like a man possessed, but his arm, to me, that's what sets him apart from all these guys. He is deep ball accuracy and his ability to throw the deep ball. That's that's first round talent for me. Um, I I think Sam, he's got a high ceiling. There's a lot about this guy that you really really like. Um, uh, he's a gamer. He's been unbelievably productive. He was started as a true freshman, um, and he put the team on his back this past year. So they really struggled. He struggled on defense. They struggled in the offensive line. He lost a receiver that went in the second round, uh, Damian Brown, to the Washington club. He lost both running backs that were drafted in the second and the fourth round. So he had to do it all this past year. Uh, I'm, I'm the highest on him of the quarterbacks that we'll talk about. And last but not least, uh, Matt Corral out of Mississippi. Uh, he's he's another name that uh, that's another name that is circu circulating. Not sure if he'll go in the first round, but possibly in the second or the third. What are your What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I think Matt got a little lost in the shuffle because of uh, the ankle injury at the end of the season and and didn't participate in the Senior Bowl and didn't do anything at the Combine. But he did have his pro day. Uh, this guy, uh, he, he threw for over 70% completion percentage in 2020, and this past year, 68%. Uh, 
his line this year, he, he, 3,349 yards, 20 TDs, and only five interceptions. This guy really takes care of the football. He's another guy that really knows how to move the football around on the, on the field, knows how to run a club. Um, and I, I just think late round, again, if you're if you need a quarterback or you're you're a good football team that that maybe needs to to get a young guy and you're at the end of the first round, why would you want to get a guy like this? Um, off the top of my head, I'm thinking Detroit. I think they have the 32nd pick because of the Rams trade with the uh, um, um, the quarterback. So to me, you know, this guy here, you get him at the end of the first round. You can have him for five years. Uh, I, I think Matt Corral will be a starting quarterback in the NFL and do a really good job. Um, he's not going to be the runner that some of these other guys are, but he has done a good job before the ankle injury. Uh, I like him a lot. If I had to stack these guys, I would I would stack them for me, Hal first, Corral second, uh, Pickett third, and Willis fourth. You put Corral over Pickett. <laughs> Excuse me? I said you would put Corral over Pickett. Yes. Wow. I think this upside is better. And and it's really interesting because because on on a lot on a lot of uh you know uh, mock draft boards Willis is the first quarterback being taken Pickett is the second Howell and Corral are after them so uh so so very interesting any final thoughts before we uh, we sum up our our quarterback talk Well again I, I realize that that. Th- my evaluations are really jaded onto one side, except except for Sam Howell. I, I can't really say I've seen these other three guys that much live. You know, a little bit of Pickett a couple of years ago, a little bit of Corral a couple of years ago, but not enough to 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 make a hang your hat on. But again, I just think Kenny Pickett's ceiling is the lowest of the three, and I think Willis's uh, the, the level of comp that he came from. And his performance against the better teams, uh, to me, uh, soured me a little bit on him. Again, love his athleticism, love his arm, but you need more than that to play quarterback in the NFL. And the guys that we talked about last year, I mean, Malik Willis, all right, or um, uh, the Chicago Bear quarterback from last year. Justin Fields, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Yeah, we talked about them all. Yep. did he struggle? Big time. All right. He he wasn't ready to play in the National Football League, and there's going to be more growing pains for him this year. So, if you're willing to put that, you know, put up with that, okay. But you know, for me, you're going to take a guy with the third pick in the draft. You're going to stick him in the lineup, and you're going to play him. Again, that's Steve Verderosa joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Thirty year scout for the Giants, feeling that uh, Sam Howe is uh, the best quarterback coming out, which, by the way, you can get him uh, to be the first quarterback selected at 25-1. to 1. Welcome in. We've got Steve Rosa joining us, uh, former Giants scout for over 30 years, knows the industry like no one else, and a great resource as we get closer to the NFL draft. And the fact that the, both the Giants and the Jets are in the market for some offensive linemen, and uh, they're sitting pretty. They've got a lot of draft capital. I thought it would be great for us to do a deep dive into the three top offensive linemen everybody's talking about, a number of people expecting them to go in the top 10. 
So uh, let's start first and foremost, Steve. Welcome in. Let's start with Evan Neal. Everything we hear about this guy is uh, he's from another planet in regard to his height, his size, his speed, and his athleticism, and all that combined. Uh, pretty surreal in regard to uh, you know watching what he can do athletically. Uh, your thoughts on Evan Neal? Break him down for us. Yes, um, obviously he's getting a lot of press and. I watched a lot of tape on this young man the last three or four days. And the more I watched on him, the more I tempered my enthusiasm. I mean, there's plays in every game where you go, wow, wow, that's a big man. Wow, that's a really nice job. Uh, the pluses for me on this guy, and he, obviously he's very big. He's 6'7 and change. He's 330 pounds. He's big, he's broad, and the arm length, he's very long. Uh, you love that about him, his ability to anchor. Uh, some of these guys in the SEC, they, they want to try to bull rush him, and go, which is try to power him right down the middle. I mean, you're playing right into his hands. Um, that's just not going to happen. And there will be guys in the NFL trying to do the same thing. He can dominate in the double-team situation with the guard, especially when he's when at the tackle spot he's blocking down to the inside. I mean, they can crash the line of scrimmage. They do a really nice job with that. The negatives for me, and, and unfortunately for this young man, uh, Nick has had a lot of turnover on his coaching staff. And I, I, I'm not positive, but I think he's had almost three offensive line coaches in three years. Um, and some of the, the techniques that he's taught, um, I don't know if, if it's he's doing it because he's incapable about doing some things physically or that's what he's being taught. So, uh the upfield speed rush at times. This guy, his, his feet are trailing his hands, and his length helps him. But some of these guys beat him on the edge, and he, he crosses his feet. And I don't like that. Um, he's average at the second level. A lot of times he's required to jump up, and he pops out at the tackle, and he's got to go and get on the linebacker or the safety that's down in the box. And that's a tough for any offensive lineman, but he's average at best at that. And that bothered me because they, they ask him to do that a lot. And then there's some games where the effort is uneven at times. Um, it's a backside play and he'll punch the defender and then let him go. And then the defender makes the tackle. You know, that bothers you. Um, and, and listen, he's lugging around a lot of weight. He's a big guy and he plays every snap. You know, people, people fail to realize those receivers, they're alternating all the time. The running backs are alternating all the time. The tight ends are in and out of the game in different packages. Those offensive linemen, those five guys, they play in every snap. So, um, But the effort sometimes, you, you just would you wanted more for a guy. And, and for a guy to be the first pick in the draft or the second, third, fourth pick in the draft, you don't want to see that. You want to see great effort all the time. Um, and that 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 was a little bit I was a little surprised the more games I watched that showed up in every tape and that was a little disappointing for me um so that was Evan Neal I th think he's a fine prospect um I think he's probably better at right tackle than left tackle I know he's played both sides but for me Andrew Thomas coming out of Georgia watching his tape he had better tape than this fella right here 
Well, That's we both we we both loved. I loved Andrew Thomas. I thought Andrew Thomas was the best offensive lineman coming out the year that he did. I know he had a down year his first year, but rebounded big time for the Giants and, and hopefully can continue to do so for the next decade. All right, so that's Evan Neal. Iquanu is another offensive tackle coming from NC State. Uh, a lot of buzz about him as well. Some people expect him to go the, to the Jets at four. Uh, thoughts on Iquanu? Break him down for us, Steve. All right, the pluses for this guy, um, this guy is very aggressive and very powerful. I mean, his hand punch, he hits guys, um, he, he knocks the air out of them. Um, when I scouted all those years, we used to have a phrase for defensive players, guys that were really big hitters. Uh, they hit with bad intentions. To me, this guy blocks with bad intentions. I mean, if he can drill you and gore you on the way down, he, he, he finishes everything, everything. And you love that about this guy. Um, when I saw him physically last week at NC State, I was a little surprised. Uh, he's a little knock-kneed. Um, he looks prototypically like an NFL guard. And I'm not saying he can't play tackle. You have guys in the league. Uh, Dwayne Brown's played for a ton of years, first in Houston and Seattle. And, and Isaiah Wynn, those guys physically look more like guards than, than tackles, and they play tackle in the league and at the left side as well. So, I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying as a guard to me, and then watching the tape, this guy can step in in the NFL. He might be an all-pro guard his rookie year, kind of kind of like uh, Indianapolis, Notre Dame uh, a couple of years ago. So uh, the negatives about him, his over-aggressiveness or his aggressiveness, sometimes uh, there's some balance issues there in pass protection. And he needs to develop a little more – patience and pass protection you can't always attack sometimes you know those guys on defense they're going to be fast they're going to have multiple moves and you, you can't always make the first move sometimes you got to sit back and let him make that move and then react as opposed to so the, some there's got to be more patience and pass protection uh, and like i said sometimes he's he's a little out of control and lack of balance at the time but would I love to have this guy on my football team? Yes. Uh, I'd draft this guy in a heartbeat. Uh, now, where you take him, uh, that's what the general managers are making big money now for, so I'm going to let them make that decision. But just watching him on tape, watching him interact last week with his, with his teammates, you like that about the guy. Um, talking to the head coach at NC State, he said the kid's been nothing but an absolute pleasure. Um, everybody there, the sports information director, he's a please and thank you, yes sir, no sir, polite kid. Um, and then when he steps across the white line on the football field, he kind of changes his personality. Reminds me of John. <laughs> reminds me of Jonathan Ogden, who uh, I, I knew quite well. My day is in in Baltimore. Last but not least, before we let you go, let's talk about Charles Cross. A lot of people feel that uh, he is the best tackle in this draft. Agree or disagree? Break him down for us, Steve. Well, watching Charles again on that SEC tape, okay, this is a two-year starter, um, and I don't care what the drill numbers say because his drill numbers compared to the last two fellows we just talked about aren't nearly as good as 40 time, his shuttle time, and all that. But you watch the tape, he's got the best feet of the three in pass protection. I mean, and this guy, uh, he gave up two sacks in two years at, against the SEC pass rushers. 
I, my big negative with him is he just needs to get stronger, um, and, and he needs to hone his technique coming from that uh, Mike Leach spread offense where the splits are really wide and um, there, isn't a, there isn't a lot of protections that are being taught there. And uh, the offense is just no semblance of an NFL offense. But as far as his ability to pass protect, his arm length, uh, this guy's patience in pass protection. He sees the stunts, um, and he can react. His shuffle and slide, I love. But like I said, his feet and pass protection of the three guys that we talked about are the best. So I, I like all three of these guys. All three of these guys will go in the first round where they go. Um, like Baskin-Robbins, there's all those different flavors. Um, you know, I could see why one would go before the other, and I see why Cross is the third, uh, only because the lack of strength compared to those other two guys and the players in the NFL are going to be bigger, faster, and stronger. So that might become a little bit more apparent at the beginning. But they're all really fine prospects, all three of these guys. It sounds to me that Iquanu is the one that you would take out of the three. Is, is that correct? Well, Neil also played guard early on. So he has flexibility. Uh, I just, I, I just love the way Iquanu plays. The, the aggressiveness, and, and there's always an old coaching saying too. You'd rather coach him down a little bit than have to coach him up. And by that I mean, you know, if some guys you got to light a fire to. This guy, you might have to douse a little water on top and put the fire out a little bit because you know he is ultra aggressive. And those, those, that's a rare trait for a man that big. So. Um, Every player that we'll ever talk about, they'll all have holes in them. Uh, the more important thing is what can they do as opposed to what they can't do. So um, play this guy where you need him. Uh, right side, left side, inside, outside. Uh, the first two guys to me have, have tremendous flexibility. Um, I just wish Neil played at the same effort that he shows in every game all the time. And, and that bothered me. Um, but that's my evaluation of him. But Great stuff is always. Plays he, he, there's plays where he totally dominates, and I can see why somebody would take him the first player in the draft. You know, Eric Fisher was the first player in the draft by Kansas City, and he started a tackle in the Super Bowl and was a Super Bowl champion. I don't think anybody in the country thought he was the best player um, to be taken number one, but they really needed a left tackle, and they thought he was a really good player, so they took him. So if, if the first, second, third team in, the, in this year's draft really needs a left tackle or an offensive tackle really, really bad, and they want one of these guys, I could see them going there. Th these are better prospects right now and more ready to play than the quarterbacks. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Steve, again, thank you so much. Always appreciate your time and you your insight and, uh, and great breaking down the, the top three offensive linemen expected to go in this year's NFL draft. Have a great day. Awesome, Steve. Thank you. Enjoy your weekend. You too. All right, great stuff from uh, Steve Verderosa. Uh, earlier in the show, we broke down quarterbacks. If you missed that, uh, definitely uh, the show will be posted to our ESPN site. Go back and listen to it. 
or you can check it out. Uh, we've got it up on our social media, my Twitter, of course, at Anita Marks. But nonetheless, in looking at the, uh, the offensive linemen and what are some of the odds out there, Iquanu, who obviously and you just heard from Steve, it sounds like uh, that's, that's, the, that's the, uh, the lineman of choice for him to go as the first offensive lineman selected at minus 140. I'd put money on that right now, especially after the conversation we just had with Steve. Uh, Evan Neal, plus 120. Cross at 10 to 1. And of course, uh, you know, he, he talked about Cross and uh, in regard to how great of a pass protector he was. But everything we heard from him in regard to Iquanu uh, and, and just uh, that, that mentality and, and that grit and that explosiveness and that... Um, it, it just, it sounds like that's, that's the lineman that I would imagine, uh, if, if many scouting departments feel the way of, about him as Steve does, that he would be the first offensive lineman taken. And again, you can get him at minus 140. Uh, that about does it for us. Of course, we've touched on everything. We did some NBA in the beginning of the show. Uh, a lot of, a lot of masters because that's really what's going to be King the next two days as we'll see how Tiger can do. And, of course, some NFL draft getting you ready uh, because it'll be here before we know it. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Again, Anita Marks with you here on 90.7 ESPN. You've been listening to Week in Wager, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports here on 90.7 ESPN. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.